what we ended up doing is talking kind of in generalities about the lack of transparency in the process because we feel like we should be able to figure out how much it costs to manage our state forest. But what we found was that the state forest procedures manual says that certain costs should be excluded. So they're just kind of systematically excluding costs associated with management of invasive species and anything that's not like directly related to the sale is is excluded. So that includes a lot of staff time and writing up the resource management guides for different tracks and, and that sort of thing. So uh, and some other excluded costs include things like road building. Um, we know that building roads is expensive but um, we're really unable to pin down a figure as far as how much they're spending to build logging roads into uh, our state forest to provide access for those sales. And then the other kind of major finding is that our state forest timber is being sold for prices that are far less than privately owned timber. Private timber sales typically are categorized according to high, medium, and low quality. And what we found was that the state forest timber is going for prices that are lower than the lowest quality private sales. So that's kind of startling, especially considering that our taxpayer dollars have been used to manage these forests for many years now but we still aren't getting a very good price for it. There are a, a number of recommendations that come out of this report, and I, I was wondering if you could take me through some of these. One of those, obviously, as you had mentioned, would be a greater transparency on behalf of the state DNR Division of Forestry when it comes to things like timber sales, or you had mentioned like road building uh, and building logging roads. What are some of the other findings or recommendations that are coming out of this report? Well, kind of along the lines of transparency is we'd like to see better cost tracking systems so that there was not the systematic exclusion of, of some of the costs and or if we are going to continue to exclude them, at least we could track them and know what they what those costs are. Uh, to really know how much it costs us to manage our state forests in this way where timber sales are kind of the priority. And we think that our state forests have more value for recreational purposes and for just for wilderness, but nobody is, is looking at that yet. And then we'd like to be able to obtain better prices for the timber that is harvested from our state forests so that we could harvest less and still fund the agency, but harvest less from state forest land. If I can interrupt you, Dr. Schnapp, you had sure. you had brought up a, a very interesting point there by saying we could harvest less if we got a better price, and that would help fund the agency. And something that I think a lot of listeners don't necessarily know is that the DNR's Division of Forestry is partially funded by things like timber sales of state-owned land. Right. In about 2005, 2008, we had a big restructuring of state government and the property tax funding was restructured. So it dried up a revenue stream that was going to the state forestry fund that was eliminated during that restructuring. So the agency had to look elsewhere for funding and they began to ramp up timber sales at that time. You're saying they 
began to sell more of those timber sales in an attempt to kind of match uh, that funding that was restructured or taken away from that agency? That's right. And that, I think, would have been during the Daniels administration. Does that sound? That's right. Exactly. Yes. Another thing that you had mentioned was that on average, the timber that is sold from private land will go for a significant amount more than timber that is harvested on public land, in this case, state forests. Can you explain why that discrepancy or what in your findings would indicate that discrepancy exists? Well, the Association of Consulting Foresters, they track timber sale prices that where a consulting forester was involved. So it's not all the sales in the state, but it is a pretty representative selection of larger timber sales, and they categorize them according to high, medium, and low quality. So the statistics are there. The data exists. And we just looked at that data in comparison with the data from the Division of Forestry annual report. And we found that our state forest timber sales are uh, bringing in really low prices compared to those private sales. And one reason that the Division of Forestry has given is to they say that state forest timber is low quality. It's just really low quality, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us because they've been managing our state forest for all these years. So why is it low quality then? And there are other factors that might impact the price that we get for state forest timber. Um, One of them would be just ease of access because state forests tend to be kind of uh, remote. But then if we as taxpayers are paying for logging roads to be built in our state forests, we're kind of subsidizing the sale of our timber. So those excluded costs would actually make the, the picture look worse uh, than, it, than it does. And it looks kind of bleak already, like we're not getting a good price. And there are some things we could do to get better prices for our timber. It's rather hard to judge the quality of the timber while it's standing. So some companies will cut the timber and evaluate the logs Uh, after they're cut to see, you know, if there are like knots and whether the tree is hollow and that sort of thing. And you can get a much better price for your timber if you if you do it that way. But um, that is not the way we're doing it. Dr. Schnapp, there are several other recommendations on this report. And uh, if you could just briefly touch on some of these, Uh, one that you had been mentioning before I had interrupted you was reducing the timber harvest levels. Um, What exactly does that mean? Well, we at the Indiana Forest Alliance, we've been advocating to set aside some areas and harvest less timber from our state forest. Uh, For a long time, we've been we've been saying that. Um, And asking that some areas be allowed to become old growth and be truly set aside as wilderness so that when hikers go into a wilderness area, they don't experience a clear cut, Um, those kinds of things. So just um, sort of balancing out the various uses of our state forest so there's not so much emphasis on timber sales and more emphasis on the value of recreational use in, in some areas. Dr. Schnapp, there, I, I'm wondering how widespread is this issue or are uh, timber harvests 
throughout the state. I mean, is this something that it's happening in every single one of Indiana's 92 counties, or is this only where there's a state forest? Or what can you tell us about the prevalence of state sales of timber? Indiana actually has about 5 million acres of forested land, and by far most of that is privately owned. We have a thriving timber industry, and state forests only represent about 3% of our forested land. So that's a very small contribution to the overall industry. Um, But that 3% of our forested land is is publicly owned. It's our state forest, you know. And, And so we have been advocating for protection of these areas with more emphasis on recreational use because uh, we don't have that many uh, large forests in Indiana. Most of our forests are small, and especially in the northern part of the state, many of them are less than 25-acre parcels, and a lot of those are along waterways that may be flood sometimes. Then most of our forested land and most of our state forests are in the southern part of the state. So I think that, especially in the northern part of the state, it's easy for people to forget that we we do own these large parcels of state forest land. And they're a really important asset that we should protect, both for wilderness recreation and also for the wildlife that that, um, live there. 